All right, so I started recording. So uh, we're mm-hmm. still here with, with Sahar, who's the 2020-2021 fellow at the Berkman Klein Center for Internet and Society and a former engineer at Facebook's election integrity team. And, and you know, we're, we're just kind of creating some bonus content here, um, trying to launch a Patreon, trying to give you know, other incentives for, for people to, to be able to uh, listen in. And Sahar has been gracious enough to continue the conversation. And, and yes, yeah, Sahar, in this one you can swear, I, I'm not going to have to go in through and edit the, the, the fuck words out of this one. <laughs> so sorry about that <laughs> no it's, at least it wasn't live that's that's the mm-hmm. important part it wasn't live so the fcc is not going to uh screw me over uh mm-hmm. with saying that stuff but no big deal uh it's, it's pre-recorded it's all good um you know but one things you're saying before uh while we're talking during the the actual show is, is you're talking about like well Right now, you know, members of Congress can kind of like pull up, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, whoever, and, and kind of yell at them and, and put pressure on them. That's how like the Section 230 fight is framed. But, you know, the way I see it is like if we have more regulations, like if we if we, we box Facebook into this framework even further, even making them a public utility, like doesn't that just like increase like both the incentive and the power for members of Congress to be able to do that? And is that really a better system than what we have now? Um. I think that you'll see the opposite, Kevin. I think that um, Mark Zuckerberg doesn't want to be in this business. He wants to play with his toys and make, you know, VR. Um, but right now, uh, because he is so powerful and uh, the unelected king of a private government, uh, Congress people have an incentive to try and sort of like bully, threaten, cajole, and flatter him to giving him what they want. Every few months, they'll drag him and Jack Dorsey in front of Congress and kind mm-hmm. of show their ignorance oftentimes. But uh, I mean, the, the antitrust subcommittee in the House actually, I think, did a wonderful job. And over the last few years, we've really seen many members of Congress up their game. Uh, so, you know, I, I think Congress sucks. Uh, the people in Congress suck. And we can do a whole podcast about that. But sure. it's important to give credit where it's due. So, so, but you, you think that they do a good job holding their feet to the fire? Again, I, I see oh, it as no. like more manipulation and, and threatening because, again, government has the, the power to, to destroy businesses like this. Mm-hmm. And so that's what they're able to do. And uh, I, I don't think that that's going to get, again, better for, for the user experience if government has control of that. And then the, and the other thing, too, I want to bring up because I always think of this. You remember way back in like 2005 where they're like, is MySpace a natural monopoly? Should MySpace be regulated? Like, doesn't that lock in power mm-hmm. structures like Facebook by, by creating all these like government uh, frameworks and regulations? And does it make it harder for competitors to emerge if you kind of make it a public utility? Yeah, I think that there's a lot there. Um, regarding the MySpace thing, uh, imagine if MySpace had bought Facebook, right? Thank God that it didn't. We all got a better product. Uh, so too, Facebook has bought the next Facebook several times, even times that we don't know about. Um, and that's bad. We're locked into a worse product. Uh, what I'm proposing is, you know, let the market work by preventing this sort of weird distortion where, you know, you have a mountain of cash, you buy out all your competitors uh, while they're small and cheap, and you just destroy them. Uh, it's gone so bad that no one will will uh, fund a competitor to Facebook anymore because they know that as soon as you get cra- traction, Facebook will destroy you. And it's not just destroying by you know buying up small companies. It's also just 
messing with APIs, um, dirty tricks, uh, stuff like that. It, like if you read some of the stuff, it's like really bad. It's like almost cartoonishly sort of emails where like, yep, we are trying to destroy competition and uh, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, right. Not, not even shy about it. They're just, not, I mean, like that, that's, you could make them, that's what companies do. I, I have a, a weird argument about like kind of capitalism overall is that the uh, businesses aren't, aren't pro free market. They're, they're pro making money. That's, that's what it yeah. is. It, 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 and there is a difference. Now I'll kind of concede that to you a little bit there. They're, they're pro making money. So they're not concerned with whether or not there should be competition. No, they don't want competition. They want to, they want to make money. They want to grow. That's what mm-hmm. they do. Um, and and I, to me, I'm like, but at the same time, the, the, the greater danger is the government regulation of that stuff. So I'm more worried about that and, and the government's ability to use violence and, and to lock bad systems in place. Mm-hmm. And I think that the government jumping involved, getting uh, greater regulation over this process would end up locking Facebook in place more than, uh, you know, the status quo ends up doing where there are, you know, again, emerging competitors to Facebook right now. I don't particularly like any of them um just because a you're right there aren't as many people there and b the the user interface just isn't as good it's just it doesn't work as well man uh if we had all the time in the world i would ask you this and maybe i should um go ahead say more about why you're like what is your worry about government regulation i'm not saying that it's a bad worry just like let's spell out the the like kinds of bad things you think would happen with this issue specifically yeah so again i think that when you if you if you turn into a public utility right uh mm-hmm. and and you have or even if you have greater government regulations again you do i think make it far more difficult for smaller competitors to emerge because if you start to say in in the way some of the discussions are playing out it's like well facebook has to regulate this type of content it has to look out for these types of users it has to um, you know, regulate ads in this type of way. Like if you start doing all this stuff, the compliance costs become enormous. So now it isn't just going to apply to Facebook. It would probably apply to like anyone operating in any sort of similar space. It would apply to probably Twitter too. It would apply to, uh, to anyone who might make something similar to Facebook. And again, you know, I, I would keep in mind too that Facebook, I, I, I pushed you a bit uh, about this on the show, maybe not far enough, but it's not, it's not the only social network. It, you got Facebook, you got Twitter, you got these other competitors, you got Reddit, you got all sorts of other stuff. You, you have like a whole ecosystem of stuff where people can interact with each other. Facebook's just, you know, the Goliath in this case. But again, for By the, the way, regular- Goliath, great book by yeah. Matt Stoller. Oh, I'll check that out. Well, what's it's, it? a, it's sort of like a, the history of anti-monopoly politics in the United States for the last 100 years. And he compellingly makes the case that trust busting is American as apple pie. We do it all the time. Uh, Here's why we stopped a few, you know, dozen years ago. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Uh, well, no, I'll, I'll check that out. You know, I, I'm not a big fan of Teddy Roosevelt. Trust neither busting. Neither am I. Yeah. He, he, has, he has a lot of problems. Or even like the, the history of the, um, you know, the what Ambell breakup too is, is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but but anyway, that's that's not what we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, talking about the the Facebook stuff again. Uh, like, I think regulations would make it harder for other competitors to emerge. It would make it harder for like the social media companies that exist around Facebook, but maybe aren't as big as Facebook, to be able to comply with that. Mm-hmm. It just it it enriches you know lawyers uh, and and other like kind of operational staff, but not like the user experience. Mm-hmm. And then if you had an actual regulation of Facebook as a public utility. I think there'd be even greater incentive to have censorship, right? 
And again, it's not necessarily Joe Biden, but like, you know, I used to make this argument before Trump came to power. Like, what if what if someone came into power who like had the desire to actually censor something, and there was mechanisms mm-hmm. in government to enact that? And I think the more like control you have over a company that does have such a huge impact over your life, mm-hmm. the more dangerous it becomes. Like, there there is an argument to be made that Facebook is so influential that like. I get I get the argument that you're saying, but if you're doing that and you're you're recognizing the influence of Facebook and then you're saying, let's turn the keys over to the government, that's where you run into the problem. And I don't know that your solution of of a breakup would end up working out in the way that you would hope. I think that the government would be like, well, yes, we're going to keep Facebook intact as long as we regulate them. Everything's going to be good, guys. It's going to be great. Yeah. Uh, let me talk about the pro-freedom, pro-competition uh, whole part of this. And I think it's important to remember that Facebook is not just a thing that concerns Americans. It is a global company that has dealings with, com- with governments all over the world. Uh, so when China, uh, those bastards, crushed Hong Kong brutally, yeah. um, Facebook, I'm sure, was uh, responding to warrants from the Chinese Communist Party, finding dissidents, and handing them over, handing over their information to the authorities. Um, there was a homegrown social network in Hong Kong that was, um, uh, you know, owned locally, and uh, they made the decision that once things heated up, they were just not going to register any more users, which meant that the expected flood of like infiltrators and spies just couldn't get in. Yeah. Um, and that was actually really useful for people to coordinate and, and talk in a semi-free way. Uh, that's the sort of like freedom that we need um, uh, from having, you know, competition in this space and uh, more diversity. Uh, Similarly, in India, Facebook just spent, I don't know, $10 billion buying a stake in a telecommunications platform, in part to sort of bribe the Indian government into being nice to them and not banning all their apps. Uh, Facebook, like all giant corporations, but maybe especially so, is right now uh, being corrupted by interacting with government is right now uh, spying on people and, uh, you know, handing over their information to, you know, dictatorships. Uh, And what I'm proposing is a way to sort of lessen that and make it less of a problem. Yeah. I mean, and you said your your motivating factors like the police state thing, which, which also, again, freaks me out as well. I don't, I, I, don't particularly want Facebook to cooperate with warrants from the government, which, you know, that's, that's the libertarian to me, but, but also like the, the rule of law folks or, you know, law and order folks are more like, Oh no, of course it's got to, Facebook's got to hand over whatever information we asked them to, to stop the terrorists or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but you know, in China, I know they, they also have, they, they don't quite use, they, they have like a, a state sanctioned version of Facebook. I think mm-hmm. so they, they do have like a state controlled version, but obviously it depends on who's in charge of the state. And then China, they're, they're not always nice folks over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I know the controversy with TikTok in the US was also that TikTok was both cooperating with uh, Chinese authorities and, you know, finding Hong Kong dissidents and also like censoring their content as well. That was that was a whole thing. And Zoom, same Zoom, deal. Yeah. So, you know, and, and I, I don't like it. Whenever, you know, companies do that, I, I prefer not to use them. I still, I'm still a little bit mad at TikTok. So I didn't download TikTok for that reason, even though like mm-hmm. now we're like, I got the, the incentive, like the way I advertise on them. I don't really want to give them money. And that's a key point, yeah. if I may interrupt. Okay, right? go ahead. Uh, markets are really strong. Network effects are really strong. 
uh, even if you swore off TikTok today for the rest of your life, uh, people, people around you would use TikTok uh, and their communications about you would be you know, surveyed by TikTok. Their thoughts about politics would be influenced by TikTok and your competitors would advertise on TikTok and get an edge on you. Yeah. Uh, markets are really strong. And because they're so strong, uh, when they reward the wrong thing, we need to restructure them to, to not do that or just to have democratic oversight. Yeah. Well, see, see the, the democratic oversight and the restructuring, dude, I don't think that's, that's a tricky issue, right? Because again, who's doing the restructuring? That matters. Mm -hmm. If, you know, uh, Rudy Giuliani is doing the restructuring, I'm sure you wouldn't like mm -hmm. that as much. So, you know, we, we don't want to have the power to be able to do that. And it's better mm -hmm. to, to have the government not have the power to restructure that stuff in a way that would be completely destructive. Because again, the, the, for, for, from your perspective, you know, if, if we had Team Trump controlling what we're able to see on Facebook and they, they want to get rid of liberal media bias, like, man, it, it's going to be a mess for anyone left the center or, yeah. or libertarians too, because we don't always, often don't like the Trump stuff either. This is, I, I think this is key. Um, like everything else, it all comes back to the election of 1912. Uh, if you may permit this historical digression. All right, go ahead. Uh, in the election of 1912 in the US, uh, the problem was all of a sudden, you know, big corporations, they call them trusts back then because of like accounting fictions, doesn't really matter. Big corporations exist, what are we gonna do about them? And there are four main arguments, each represented by a different presidential candidate. Uh, one argument was, uh, we need to have a strong and muscular state uh, sort of like create agencies to, to sort of understand what they're up to and stop them from doing bad things. Because if we just had very clear laws, you know, they're slippery. They'll just like, you know, find loopholes. We need to like keep up with them. Uh, another, and that was Teddy Roosevelt. Another argument was uh, if we create these agencies, they will get captured by the uh, companies that are meant to oversee and uh, we just can't trust them. It's sort of like the what if Trump takes over argument falls into this camp. We yeah. need clear and simple laws that can be enforced in courts that can be like, you know, understood by people so they can't be maneuvered around. That was Woodrow Wilson. You had big corporations are fine and there's no problem. And that was Taft. Uh, and then there was, we need to like fundamentally restructure, rethink how the economy works and maybe like, have strong unions, have co-ops, like whatever. That was Eugene Debs. The socialist um, candidate, yes. <laughs> socialist candidate. Um, and I'd say that the, the Wilson critique of Roosevelt was correct and the Roosevelt critique of Wilson was correct. Um, and uh, you do have this problem of uh, what you do. Um, but there's, there, is, there is the option of just saying rather than have an agency, have cops like metaphorically bust into Facebook and like search it for incriminating evidence all the time, rather than having health insurance swarming over it and compliance and stuff. Just make it, make it 15 different companies, each one which is small enough not to be that big a problem. And therefore they can, you know, do it once, break them up, maybe like pass laws about how they have to share information, like with the railroads, like let's make sure that, you know, you can interoperate uh, and then, you know, call it a day. And that's what I'm saying. 
Maybe. I mean, I think like erecting those barriers would be tough. And and what's to stop the next person from being like, well, I'm just going to recreate the Facebook experience because this is a pain in the butt now. And someone just makes a new thing, calls it a new thing. And yeah, I think um, you end up with, you know, again, suddenly you end up with a, a new product and the, and the same uh, problem 10 years later. Uh, I think that, you know, uh, the, the saying is we have to save capitalism from the capitalists, right? Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, uh, just as businessmen aren't free market, they're pro, you know, their own personal monopolies. Um, if someone wanted to recreate the next Facebook in a sort of like scattered post Facebook world, um, we could actually enforce the laws on the books this time that say you can't just like buy up all your competition, right? There's anti-competitive practices that are illegal that we could just enforce the laws about. Uh, and if they get so big, because they have such a great product, fine. And then they start abusing that position. Uh, then we just break them up again. Like what's, you know, breaking up a comp, like breaking up an industry every 20 years. Uh, it's so not. You're fine with that. You're yeah. just, all right, just break them up. That's, that's the easy solution. That's, well, not the easy solution. That is a solution for sure. Yeah. As uh, a libertarian, I'm, you know, uh, very skeptical of concentrated unelected dictatorial power. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't go as far to call Zuckerberg a dictator, uh, but but there's certainly a lot of power there. And again, you know, I, I look at uh, I don't know. I I I had a point here that I was totally gonna make. Um, I got distracted by something else. But um, no, no, with with this stuff, I I would say that the the better thing to do is again to. You know, just again have clear laws. I I don't like the arbitrariness. It, it feels arbitrary to me, right? To just mm -hmm. like say like, well, this company's got too big. We're gonna break it up, or or even to to the limits in which you put uh, uh, companies buying up other companies, right? You know, because again, I, I work for you know a, a digital marketing company. If we want to to buy uh, another digital marketing company, there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. We are certainly you know driving out competition in the sense that like we, we are no longer going to be competing with that company, but like why, what's the, the moral barrier, what ought to be the legal barrier to us doing that if it's something that makes sense, if both companies can be stronger and we can deliver a better product for our clients by doing that. And where's the government draw the line in regulating those types of like mutually beneficial acquisitions? That's a great question. And I don't have an amazing answer for you. Uh, I think that um, where to draw the line matters less to me than just drawing a line somewhere, right? We can draw a line where you, Kevin Wilson, want, right? Let's just agree that at some point uh, the machine has gotten so big and so out of control and so immune to just market pressures or, you know, boycotts or whatever it is uh, that uh, it's become a private government in itself that it has so much power that it's warping our democracy. Um, and uh, uh, I think that Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Google are way past that line. Google too. I mean, we didn't even talk about Google during the show because they're, they're all I thing. But same thing though, again, they, they don't really have monopoly. I'd go use Bing. Bing, Bing sucks, but I can use mm -hmm. Bing. <laughs> uh, so Bing exists as a sort of like weird, like Microsoft really wants to like, fight Google, so it's just wasting billions of dollars a year on Bing. 
operating a search engine is really expensive. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, we're sort of, you know, lucky that we have uh, the ego of Steve Ballmer sort of pushing Bing and, and the sort of institutional inertia keeping it alive. Uh, but also, Google's product isn't search exactly. Google's product is, it's like vast advertising empire. Yes, you know, the reason they came which up with, I use. Yeah. yeah. The reason they came up with Gmail is so that uh, they wanted a way for you to stay logged into something so they could track you all over the internet. Uh, that's why Gmail makes the money more than the ads. The ads are just an afterthought. It's the like keeping you logged in so they could track you is the problem. Yeah. Even though uh, there, it's so interesting because like there is some market pressure on this stuff, right? Because like Apple's uh, instituting these new things that are making it more difficult for you to, 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 you know, be tracked using third-party cookies uh, across mm -hmm. the internet. And, and Google Chrome is instituting some own some limits on what it's uh, doing as well in terms of uh, like its audience building stuff. So there's some market pressure on that. You know, in addition to, you know, I'll mention that there are the search engines too, besides Bing as well. DuckDuckGo is one that, you know. We branded Bing. Is it really? Uh, no one knows for sure, but that's the operating that's, theory, yeah. Ooh. Oh, I have to dig into that now because DuckDuckGo is like, they brand themselves like, we're not going to track you. You know, we're, this mm -hmm. is the, the, the privacy search engine. Oh, I'm going to have to dig into that. That's juicy. Well, I mean, they don't track you, but they forward your, you know, search engine queries to Bing and Bing might save them. Who knows? I mean, we don't know, uh, but that's, that's what, you know, the smart people are, are uh, guessing is happening. Interesting. All right. I'm going to have to look in that. But, but anyway, I was, you know, like there, there are some market pressures to like to, to protect privacy across the internet a little bit more. Again, you're, you're seeing some mm -hmm. browsers like Mozilla tries to be a bit better about that, you know, um, and, and there's a few other ones you can, you can purchase like uh, uh, ad blocking stuff. You can purchase uh, like anti-tracking stuff, which works to varying degrees. Again, I, I kind of work in the space, so I don't understand how it works, but I do understand like how I can kind of see gaps in the customer journey in some cases because of like this new push to not want to be tracked, which again, yeah. I, and I'll just throw out that I don't actually mind the consumer tracking stuff all that much. And it's not just because I work in the space. It's also because, yeah. well, I get served products that are more relevant to me. You know, I, I'm searching for baby stuff right now. I get lots of ads for baby stuff and I actually want to see the baby stuff ads. Like I want to mm -hmm. see it because I, I need to figure out what else I need to like get to make sure I'm yeah. prepared. Here's why this should terrify you. All right, go ahead. Uh, the internet is a vast panopticon. Uh, and for, you know, just assuming that at least one person doesn't know what a panopticon is, it's this uh, device proposed by the philosopher Jeremy Bentham where you have a bunch of people uh, in cells all facing a tower. You can't see who's in the tower when you're in a cell. Uh, and the insight here is whether or not there actually is a guard in the tower and whether or not they're actually looking at you right now, you're going to behave because there could be. Um, and that's what the internet is. It's the NSA watching you all the time. And um, ad tracking is a way that companies uh, act worse than like the worst Stasi in East Germany. They are so intrusive. They know so much about you. And you know what? Instead of being an arm of the government, they just sell it to the government uh, and other people as well. Uh, terrifying. Uh, we could live in an internet where um, we just said that targeted advertising to some extent was illegal. We could live in an internet where if you search for baby products, sure, you'll get ads for baby products, uh, but you're not going to see a thing in your Facebook newsfeed about baby products 
because uh, you visited you know, target.com uh, a few minutes ago. And um, not only is it theoretically bad for democracy that we have more than one government agency buying the data of everything we do online, uh, it is actively harmful right now because ad networks are being used to serve you spyware and malware that takes over your computer. Uh, and that came from the choices that some big companies made to create a surveillance internet. Yeah. You know, like the, the one thing is, is, is really that as I, there should be, and I don't know the, the law around this, mm -hmm. there should be pretty strict barriers about what data governments are able to, to buy from you. I mean, there's supposed to be barriers, at least like when you're working in like the kind of digital ad space and preventing personally identifiable information from like being purchased by, it's supposed to all be like anonymized, right? Like that's how it's supposed to be. It, you can figure it out if you like really put the effort into it, I, I'm sure. But, you know, like like some of the retargeting stuff doesn't really buy me. If I, if I go to target.com, look at baby stuff and I see an ad on, Facebook, I, I don't care, right? Like, mm -hmm. that's fine. And again, I, I use this, so maybe I'm a bit biased, but I, you know, oh yeah, right, I'm gonna buy that, fine. Or I don't care about this, you know, hit the button, I don't wanna see this ad anymore, all right. Mm -hmm. um, but but barriers to government, that that is something that creeps me out and something that, you know, I, I don't know that I have the solution to that one either. I don't, I don't want companies selling or being forced to give my data to the government in the very real possibility that they could use it for nefarious purposes. You know, again, just because I, I want to criticize them, I don't want them to watch me. I don't want them to know everything about me. I care less, and maybe it's just, you know, insert libertarian jokes here. I care less if companies know that because usually they're just trying to sell me crap. But I don't want the government to know that. Uh, fair, uh, but not only does your government have it, you know, the Russian government has it and the Chinese government has it. Uh, and I don't know which one's more terrifying, honestly. I can't imagine Vladimir would do me any wrong, right? <laughs> that guy's never done anything wrong in his life, I'm sure. What's a, you know, a dozen poisonings between friends? <laughs> exactly. It's no big deal. Just a small thing. Let's, can we just look that over? Uh, all right. So I, I actually, I do have to get going. But uh, thanks again, Sahar, for joining me for this extended conversation about this stuff. And uh, yeah, we'll talk soon. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on.